0: Welcome to the EFC Podcast.
1: I'm Karen Stiller. Today we're happy to welcome Renee Embry, the Director of Youth and Family Ministries for the Canadian Baptists of Atlantic Canada, which is a family of 450 churches and 14 camps. And uh, Renee is also the Director of the Youth and Young Adult Ministry Program at Acadia Divinity College. Welcome, Renee. Thank you. My pleasure. Good to be with you, Karen. Great to have you. Um, So we wanted to chat today about uh, what's happening with youth ministry, you know, in Canada, but also specifically in your area, in Atlantic Canada. So tell us first a a little bit, Renee, uh, what the main focus of your work is and what you're seeing in the youth Mm -hmm. that you work with.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the main focus of my work is to encourage, especially the younger generations, so generation X, Y, Z, to join God in their neighborhoods, and so inviting them to join God's mission every day where they live, work, study, and play, and so I do a lot of resourcing leaders and churches to help those leaders and churches invest in the next generation to make that happen. And then we do some uh, great joint events together to inspire and equip that happening across our region and across Canada.
1: And are you seeing, is there a common need in churches as you're going into equip? Are churches sort of puzzled about how to work well with youth today or what's happening there? Yeah,
0: there there is uh, puzzlement, and I think there's just that challenge of how our churches go from sort of the shift of expecting youth and kids just to show up at their churches to that's no longer happening. And what does that mean? We have to do and be as churches of all generations to connect with the younger generations. Um, and I think you know every generation struggles with this, but there's just that. Um, difficulty in understanding the younger generations Uh, because the the questions haven't changed, right? No matter what generation you're in, when we were young, we all wrestled with the same big questions about, you know, who am I? Where do I belong? What difference do I make in the the world? What's my purpose? Uh, But today they've become, I believe, more difficult for young people to answer because of the complexity of our world, because of how many options uh, youth and young adults have, because of the information overload on all our smartphones, um, and because they're so globally connected, and many feel a sense of some abandonment from adults, um, I th- we're seeing in our youth just almost a... A, a lostness that hasn't been there before. These huge hearts that want to love people and make a difference in the world and work for justice locally and globally, but really don't know where to start. And so then churches are just as confused about how do they come alongside youth in this generation uh, with these big, complex questions. Um, so one of the best things we're trying to help churches do is to just Narrow it down and try instead of trying to do everything. Um, is God calling you as a church family or as a camp to one particular uh, need in your community, one particular group? Um, you know, one of the best things we can do for these students that are feeling overwhelmed is uh, help them think about uh, responding to one need in the world instead of being overwhelmed by all the needs in the world. and and connect them to God's heart for justice in the world.
1: And when you're, uh, Renee, when you're dealing or helping churches think through these things, it sounds like uh, it's less about um, how to provide a great program and more about Mm -hmm. helping churches help youth kind of learn how to be uh, in a really changing world. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, you got it exactly and so a lot of churches are still sort of looking for that silver bullet of tell yeah. us you know what program we have to do to connect with kids or connect with youth and and we're saying you know what there isn't a silver bullet and it's it's instead uh, building the connections and the relationships that god has given you uh, in your community and with the younger generations already and and like you said helping them know how how to be in this complex world how to be with Jesus? How to live out Jesus?
1: Yeah. How about the role of social media and online communities? Um, how do you see that? Like that is definitely a new mm-hmm. thing um, mm-hmm. in youth culture. That that you know, I certainly didn't need to deal with. And um, yeah. how how can we as churches help youth navigate that and and maybe even disconnect from that sometimes?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there's two things we can do there. One is we can learn as churches and, and those that care about the younger generation how to engage them on media better. And okay. so not being afraid of things like, hey, why not during a sermon they can text in the questions huh. or, um, hey, you know, why not? Are we making more available online? So if they want to follow up a sermon or a youth group discussion further, they can. Um, So that's one area I think we can help and get better. And the other is, yeah, giving times to unplug and not being afraid um, to do that. And whether it's at camps or during a youth group or or during a Sunday service to make sure we're giving that space and trusting God's Holy Spirit does speak to young people to all ages and not being afraid to give that time, uh, being unplugged to hear the, the voice of the Lord. Yeah.
1: Talk to me about neighborhoods, because I know that's part of how you think and how you are trying to equip youth and churches. What is, how important is our neighborhood and how can we Mm -hmm. engage better in that community? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so uh, it started by us realizing We've got these 450 some churches spread across Atlantic Canada, and what a huge asset! And as we we looked at that, we we're like, "Wow, like really, we cover a ton of neighborhoods in Atlantic Canada." You know, what if we took seriously being God's light in the neighborhoods where He's placed us? Um, what difference would that make? And and what if we showed and tell? told the good news exactly where god's planted us to the neighborhoods where he's planted us and so it started dreaming and thinking about that and uh, and then we started thinking about our students and just think of all the places a regular student goes in the course of a week you know it spends tons of time at school time with friends maybe on a sports team or uh, with a musical group um, going to the gym or doing errands and we, we started to think wow you know, what if we really got serious about equipping students or anyone that's a follower of Jesus to, as they are going to those regular places, um, have their eyes wide open to where God is at work and how God's inviting them to join, join them in that work, um, and so um, really s- helping people see themselves as sent people from God and placed in those circles of influence for, for a reason to be God's God's light. And uh, really neat to see as students catch this and think about their school and now go into their school day thinking, okay, God, you know, where are you at work here? Um, where am I going to uh, be ready to come alongside a friend or a teacher? Where's there ways I can bless uh, people in my school? And, uh, and what's God going to do with that? And what kind of conversations are then going to come up? And um, so it's really exciting to watch as it uh, as God's leading it.
1: And it's it strikes me that that would be uh, something that is so like simple, <laughs> no yeah, cost, yeah. right? Low cost or no cost, and um, that would engage young people in a in a way to do with purpose. Like it would address mm-hmm. maybe some of the purposelessness they could mm-hmm. feel sometimes in their life that they are. Active and able, and that the neighborhood is actually an exciting kind of place for ministry and to be—is that part of it?
0: Yeah, that's absolutely part of it. Is yeah, it does fulfill our need for purpose, right? And you know, the gospel answers our purpose with, yeah, we're part of God's mission in this world, seeing His kingdom break into our world, we get to join him in in writing wrongs in our world. Um, and so yeah, what a sense of purpose it can give students each day. Uh,
1: yeah. That writing wrongs in the world, that really appeals, I mean it should appeal to all of us, obviously, but it really appeals to young people, right? They have that yes. sense of justice and they want to correct injustice. So is that Is that part of how you get uh, youth and students engaged or churches engaged with youth and students to bring in a justice kind of project? Yeah,
0: so sometimes that's the way it's come about, and that's been powerful. So um, they've done some sort of justice project like a She Matters campaign through Canadian Baptist Ministries, uh, or they've been a part of something very local uh, with a food bank or a homeless shelter or or a house for uh, women that are escaping abuse. So sometimes that's the way it comes about. And uh, one of the ways that we've seen is we have this event called Tidal Impact that's a a local mission tour in neighborhoods in Atlantic Canada. And uh, just been amazed at the number of students that will sign up to pay to go away on this week, where they're serving a neighborhood the whole week. And uh, even folks that youth that aren't followers of Jesus yet will sign up to do that week because they hear, yeah, they have that heart for justice. This younger generation is saying, yeah, I'll go away and serve for a week. Um, And so they go away and they serve the community all week. um, And it connects with their heart for justice. And then we have an amazing opportunity to explain to them, you know, why we're doing this, that this is the, the outflow, the overflow of all the grace and the love that God has shown to us. And, um, we're doing this as uh, family, and brothers and sisters in Christ, to to help our community and show them God's goodness. And we see kids uh, come to Christ at that event, whereas you know five, ten years ago. Um, this tidal Impact Mission Tour event, we never would have thought of it as an event where students are going to come to Christ. We thought of it as, you know, you only take your serious Christian kids, youth on this event that are ready to serve. But we've seen a a complete reversal where um, youth that are still exploring and just a little bit curious about Jesus will sign up to go away this week to serve.
1: And you know, good for good for you guys for for letting them do that. Like it, that feels to me uh, like maybe something that wouldn't have happened fifty years ago. That you would have to believe before you belonged. But now mm-hmm. you're really allowed to belong first, aren't you?
0: That's right. To belong, to see the community at work, to work together alongside as you're continuing to ask questions and figure out who is this Jesus? Yeah.
1: Tell me about the impact of uh, intergenerational life on uh, the life of young people. Like I understand, you know, from the hemorrhaging faith report that came out a few years ago, the importance of uh, those intergenerational relationships. Can you speak to that, Renee?
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's extremely important. Um, I think the younger generation is longing for the voice of the older generation in their life, uh, someone a little further along in the journey that can help them navigate the twists and turns. Um, I think the sometimes the older generations, as I go into churches, um, is a little bit scared uh, of how to do that and just don't understand the different generations. And so sometimes we need to do some education in terms of just helping each other have empathy for each other and understand each other. Um, and then I, we've discovered in, in our churches, you have to be so intentional about fostering those intergenerational relationships, uh, because the the drift in all our churches and in all of us is we, we tend to drift towards uh, those that we deem like us or in the same generation. And so, you know, so many of our churches have been set up with these siloed age group ministries, or you even look on the at the coffee time after service, uh, people drift to their generation and you can see the different circles are generations. Uh, And so, you know, encouraging churches, encouraging youth groups and kids ministries to be really intentional about cross-pollination, as we call it, and inviting each other into your groups, um, fostering mentoring relationships, doing service projects, or even mission strips together, one of my favorite stories is uh, one of one church was trying to foster this cross-pollination, and the youth group um, went into the seniors' ministry and told the seniors to all bring their smartphones and tablets and gadgets, and the youth taught them how to use oh. <laughs> their technology, and they I used that, that as sort of the first connecting point across generations and then kept doing some things to, to connect them to each other, so... Um, They were very intentional about helping the different generations get to know each other.
1: Wow, that is such a great idea that I think everyone who's listening to this should steal that idea because that is brilliant. Um, You also have a new uh, event that you're launching this spring called One. Can you tell us about that? Yeah,
0: so ONE is an event for middle school and high school students to all come together and worship our one God under one roof to be inspired to go out and join God in our neighborhoods. And um, what's really exciting about ONE is it's an interdenominational event. And so for years and years here in Atlantic Canada, you know, us, the Baptists, have had our own spring event for middle schoolers and high schoolers called Spring Fourth it's been going all the way since 1978 um, and then the Wesleyans had their own event, the Pentecostals their own event and you know the Anglicans and everybody had their own event and um, through some really it felt like God led the conversations together um, It started with us and the Wesleyans just talking about hey you know where do these events? need to go next, and what is God doing among them, and what would it look like to drop our denominational flags? And for the sake of seeing students come to Christ and be set on fire for Christ, uh, what would it mean to do something all together and bring together students, regardless of what youth group they go to, what denomination they go to? Um, So we're really excited. Um, So the Baptists and Wesleyans have bought in at a high level and are planning it, but we also have uh, Anglicans, Pentecostals, Catholics, and anyone else that wants to come uh, joining in the event this May.
1: And it seems to me, Renee, that that would be uh, much more, that sort of non-denominational you know, feeling or the blur, I guess, would be yeah. much more in line with how young people think anyway. They, I don't think they would get caught up in denomination. Exactly.
0: exactly. And many of the youth, when they heard us, their answer was, well, it's about time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, to them, it was absolutely. Um, and so it's, it's more our own Baptist family. We have to help understand, um, hey, we still value what it means to be Baptist. But yeah. look what God is doing. And look what it can mean when we join together uh, Under yeah, to see people come to Christ and be on fire for Christ.
1: As we wrap up, Renee, uh, can you tell me um, in, in all your work with youth and all, all, also all the stories you hear, I assume you're, you're hearing reports and stories in your position, what have you learned um, from youth in your own spiritual life? And what, what can we learn? How can we, how can we be helped by the young people among us? Yeah,
0: yeah. And for me, uh, they have they have really been the ones to shape this this heart for justice. And so, what I've learned from them is we can't just have faith that's words and private. Um, that really, if our, our faith is only uh, words and private, um, is it making any difference? That you know, God's kingdom is not meant to be just later when we get to heaven it's meant to be in breaking now we're meant to join them now and youth inspire me with the ways that they are willing to live out their faith in this world and in their schools and you know, write essays about their faith and do some radical acts to bless people in their school in their neighborhood and um, i'm learning so much from youth today about what it means to to be bold and showing god's heart for justice and not keep our faith uh, private and behind the walls of our house or our church.
1: Thank you, Renee.
0: My pleasure.
1: Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.